Hey guys, welcome to your next stop. And I am another, actually, I say this every episode lately, I feel like, but this is another clubhouse find. When I say find, this woman has climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. She has six kids and she is an author. So right there, I think that you can tell this is going to be a great interview. So welcome, Simone. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me here. Okay. So say your full name because I was ready to say your last name and then I was like, I'm going to mess it up. Simone Canego. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome, Simone Canego. Now I can say it. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Trust me. Welcome to Your Next Stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to Your Next Stop. So please take us through your journey, what you're doing, how you followed a passion. I love big families. I'm one, I'm one of five. I have three kids, but my two dogs, I tried to get more kids, but my, my, my husband was like, ah, I don't think so. Um, so we have the two dogs. So I feel like there's, you know, five there that I have to take care of, but it's, it's not like six kids. Yeah. Well, we have six kids and four dogs. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of, it is crazy town in our house. So, you know, that's how it goes, yes. but we I'm, like it that way. I was going to say, I love that. I love that energy. Okay. So tell us where you are, what you've done and um, give us your story. So I struggled for a long time to figure out who I was, what I wanted to be a long time. I I just turned 49 and it was within the last several years that I said, wait, this, this is where I want to be. I started off as an accountant. I had a horse farm. I was in medical sales. I went back to school to be a teacher. I did all kinds of stuff. But what I realized is that what I love is storytelling. I love sharing my stories. If I can impact that one person, then I really feel that I've done my job. So yes, we have six kids. And trust me, six kids and a husband for 28 years gives me like incredible stories. (laughs) Every day there's a new one. We actually adopted our youngest three kids. So we, our oldest three look kind of like me, pretty much like me. And uh, and then we, our 17-year-olds and our 13-year-old are from Ethiopia and our 14-year-old is from South Korea. Amazing. So I, th- and I don't know if I told you, so I have an adopted sister from Korea as well. No. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Amazing. My parents, my parents adopted her when she was three um, and I was a newborn. So that's, you know, that's all I ever knew. And people would always say, well, you know, cause we grew up in a town that everyone looks, nah, I mean, but there was some diversity, but not, not tons. But it was always like, well, who was that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's my sister. And then yeah. every once in a while, I would have a teacher be like, oh, you guys look alike. And we would laugh. We were like, well, no, <laughs> she's Korean. I'm not. Um, but okay, I guess you, our mannerisms and all that kind of stuff are very similar. So um, I love that you did that. Thank you for, you know, I mean, that's, that's just an amazing thing. They're great kids. Actually, it's funny because our youngest two, um, when they were younger, they would call themselves twins. And I'm like, okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> oh, it's like, right. you're from South Korea. You're from Ethiopia. Absolutely. You are twins. <laughs> right. But you know what? what? It's great. You know? It is. Well, that's the thing. So what ages did you adopt them? Noah, who's our son from South Korea, he was our first adoption and he was a baby. He was four months old. And then okay. we adopted our son Ari and he was four and a half years old. And then Millie is our daughter from Ethiopia and she was two and a half years old. So, okay. So there, but it's, you know, it's always interesting because I always think, um, like think back to my sister, like after I've had children and like they're three years old and I'm like, 
oh, like now my sister was with her parent, like her mother, her father passed away and her mother couldn't keep her and, you know, had an older son. So she was with her mother and then all of a sudden wasn't with her mother and now was living with a strange family in a strange world with a house and, um, didn't speak the language. And I just always think like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look at, so, I mean, Noah was a baby, so that's, although Noah was a baby, but he was, he, when you talk about nature versus nurture, he was like the kid that cried 16 hours out of the 18 hours on the flight from Seoul to Chicago. So, you know, he's, he's <laughs> almost 15. He doesn't cry as much now, but you know, still, um, <laughs> right. but yeah, I mean, Ari at four and a half years old, he had memories, you know, he remembers being dropped off at the orphanage drop point and his oh. birth mother had passed away. His father is still alive and they, he had, older siblings, he was the youngest and, you know, he was truly starving. There wasn't enough food for all of them. Right. And so, and yes, he, all of a sudden he's now, not only is in a different family, he's in a, a white family, right? Like, right. so he goes right. from, you know, seeing everybody that looks like him to everybody that doesn't look like him and learning about electricity and running water and all of these things that he hadn't experienced before. Um, so it was really, it was a journey. It was an amazing journey. It was a journey. Right. I'm sure. Yes. And so I love that. Now, was there a, uh, a decision that you guys have always wanted to adopt? Can you take us into that a little bit? And then I, I do want to, I mean, I feel like that this is, it says who you are. Like yeah. it really says yeah. who your heart is and who you guys are. So I, you know, I think my listeners would love to hear like what made you choose to adopt after having three birth children. You know, it's funny. We talked about it be between child one and child two, between our oldest two, because I had a hard time getting pregnant. It was, so there's okay. four years between them. And so we said, well, let's talk about adoption. And then of course, as soon as we started talking about it, I found out I was pregnant. Um, so right. we put it on the back burner. And then when we moved, we were living in Texas when we moved to Florida and now we had three, we said, now or never. And we like the now. So we went with now. And, you know, our reasoning is there's just so many amazing kids in the world just waiting for a family to love them. And we knew we could be that family. The kids were all in. We were all in. They would still be in today. I say the minivan is full, but they would be like, if I said, oh, one more time, they'd be like, absolutely. So that's, well, that, and that says something about your guys, you guys. So that's, that's amazing. So, um, I now I have to ask you, cause I'm such a dog person. What kind of uh, dogs do you have? Yeah. <laughs> so we have three standard poodles and a mini golden doodle. Okay. Because we have so many kids, we don't do shedding in the house. So <laughs> the plan was just to have just to have the three. And then over COVID, my daughter was like, oh, I would really love a puppy. Our youngest. I would really love a puppy. I would really. And I was like, no, we are good. And my husband said, Simone, the world's upside down. What does it matter? Let's just get a puppy. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So we got a puppy. <laughs> and you know what? She's as sweet as can be. She's going to be ginormous. She's a big fluff ball and, you know, and she does. My, my daughter is the dog whisperer. Like every dog loves her. So good for her. You know, Great. So, that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. she stood, she stood up for herself and this is what I want. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we have boxers. So yeah. I, we're, we're boxer people, but so it's always interesting and funny to like know what kind of dogs people have. And, you know, it's, it's like also said something, right. Yeah. It, it does. It's like a little in, insight into their mind. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know about your businesses, like where, when, and how you found your passion and what you're doing now. Yeah. So, I mean, really it was, uh, about five years ago that I figured out I was doing a lot of volunteer work and through that, I was doing a lot of speaking and I realized, wait, I actually 
love public speaking. And my husband was like, you're crazy. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really liked it. And I didn't realize at first the impact that anyone, any, anyone could make through it. And, and so when I started realizing that I was like, wow, it's not just sharing the, the shiny moments, it's sharing all of it. It's the struggles, the, you know, and that's why I, I choose to share about all of our kids and our kids are good with it because if I can inspire one person, if I can change one person's mind, then it's worth it. Yep. And I love that. And I, I love what you said, because I am the same. I love storytelling and, and, and sharing stories and hearing people's stories. Obviously that's why I have this podcast and I love having guests on that also love to do that or, you know, have a, an inspirational story because I think it's really important, the human connection and, you know, during COVID, obviously there was not a lot of the human connection and there was a lot of Zooms and a lot of things like that. But the fact that I can have people on this platform sharing a story, a human story about how they have made changes in their life or have done remarkable things, I think is a really important thing. So, yeah. So I love that you kind of realized that and found it. And I also love when my husband, when my husband would be like, you're crazy. I'd be like, uh, and and you're just figuring this out now. And it was last. No, yeah, I say I say that too. But you know, I agree. The the human connection piece, like that, that was the thing that inspired me when I realized that my stories connect me with other people. And by sharing my stories, people would share their stories because everyone has a story. Everyone. Sometimes they don't realize it, and so I'm that person that sits down on the plane and starts talking. And if they talk back, then then we and I have had amazing plane rides for hours and hours in the airport bar, wherever I am. And my kids, of course, are like, oh, here she goes again. Who's she going to talk to? Who's she going to sit next to? And, you know, that's just me. I you know, I and and I've learned amazing things. I also believe you can learn something from everyone you meet. Yes. Um, and I've learned amazing things. And so I and that, so that was my realization. And then I said, OK, I love speaking and I'm going to put it in a book too. So, and that's, and then same thing, my, my husband, I, I said, I'm, I'm going to write a book. And he said, can't wait to read it. You're not a writer, but can't wait to read it. And, <laughs> um, and I actually didn't let anybody in my family, except for my daughter, who's 18, because she's really good with word choice. I didn't let anybody read it until I was, it was like literally in the book done. Wow. Okay. Because I wanted it to be my perspective and I knew yeah. that, you know, these are, family stories. So as soon as I started saying it to someone else, oh, I don't, I don't remember it that way. So. Right. Oh, that's um, so true. And yeah. I love that you just said that. And it's funny. I just have to say, cause my kids will always be like, okay, mom's talking to someone else. And like that, they know <laughs> just to wait because I am too. I can, I meet people in the craziest places. And my favorite thing is though, like when I go into the post office or I go into line, you know, at the grocery store talking to people and hearing their story, that like, that is my, I always love it. And so it's, it's, I can totally see your kids and my kids being like, Oh, I didn't realize that there was another person like that that lives in New York. <laughs> yes. I mean, and they will, if they ever see me talking to someone that like, they're like, Oh, they, they talk like you, but I think it's a beautiful gift. And, and, and I know that they appreciate it because I know one of them or two of them or th all of them will have a little bit of that. And, um, it is really a blessed thing. And I think it's so important what you said that you kept that book because it's, that's so true. Everyone sees things different. And so it's from your perspective. So I love that. Can you share what the title is and how people can find it? Yeah, it's called the extraordinary unordinary you. And it's about realizing what you're capable of and recognizing that the things you do every day inspire the people around you. You matter. And a lot of lessons are lessons that we already know, but I think just the reminders of you add something to the world, every person does, and that we don't give our, an, ourselves enough credit for it. And so it's like the, the 
all the stories of my kids, their adoptions, my daughter when she was diagnosed with Crohn's, um, climbing Kilimanjaro, all of these different pieces. And you, you can find it online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you look, you'll you'll find it. So Yeah, spell, spell your last name, Simone. So I don't know if I shared with you, so I'm dyslexic, so I always have everyone spell things because if I'm listening to something and they don't spell it, I literally can't find it because my spelling is so bad. <laughs> yeah. So. Last name is K-N-E-G-O. And um, I think I'm the only one in the world. So I think even if you spell it wrong, you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll find me. And Simone. Uh, so you'll be able yeah. to do that. Yeah. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. Okay, so take take us to the um, the Kilimanjaro. Like, where, uh, yeah, how did yeah. you do that, and what did, and what, what inspired that? So I'll start with I am not a climber. Um, I have never <laughs> climbed anything. I live in Florida at sea level and I have some steps in my house. So <laughs> a friend of ours had climbed it the year before. So this was six years ago now. A friend of ours had climbed it the year before and he reached out to my husband and asked him, hey, they said they're putting together an, another team. Would you be interested? And my husband, the way I tell the story, one, two, three, no, thank you. Call Simone. And they did. Yeah, they did. He was like, I don't remember it that way. I was like, oh, I do. <laughs> um, and they called me and I said, absolutely. And then I got off the phone and then I started doing some research and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get my ass in gear. <laughs> um, right, yeah. Because getting myself in in shape, first of all, I was not in good enough shape to begin with, but really getting myself in shape, you know, setting the goal, putting in the work behind it. It wasn't just setting the goal. It was like, I, right. I want to succeed. And I'm fine with failures. Like we all make mistakes. We all have failures. That's just a bump in the road. But this right. is something that I really wanted to commit myself to and say, okay, you're going to give it everything you have because you said yes. So. Right. I love that. And how, how was that? What was what was your like favorite part? And what was like the worst part? Mm. My favorite <laughs> part was the, the people that I traveled with. So yeah. I didn't know anybody. There were 16 of us and it was, we were a group called Survivor Summit. So raising funds and awareness for the Live Strong Foundation. So my tent mate is a breast cancer survivor. So there was so many powerful moments, so much inspiration along yeah. the way and learning all of these people's stories. Oh my gosh, like the amount of stories, it's unbelievable. So that was my favorite part. Other than getting to the summit and looking back down and saying, I did this. Did I? I was just going to say, I got choked up. I totally yeah. did get choked up. Oh my gosh, yeah. that must have been an yeah. amazing, amazing yeah. feeling. Yeah. And um, I would say that the hardest part, um, the bathroom, because there right. isn't one. <laughs> so <laughs> right. it's like, you know, Peeing in the woods, you know, it's it just takes a little bit of getting used to you. By the end, you're like, you don't care who's standing there. You're just like, right. I got to go. If you want to turn around, turn around. <laughs> just totally. part of it. Part of it. Right. And, and my listeners know there's it's actually and these are like some early episodes, but I um, am known to uh, like when I take my dogs for a walk. Uh, I pee in uh, in many outdoor places, <laughs> and so it's um, I am I, I am probably having a surgery in the near future um, because of it. Because as I kept sharing the stories, people were like, it's not funny. Like, I think you have a problem. And I was like, well, yeah, I do have a little bit of a problem. But, you know, as 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 you know, as a woman having birthed three giant kids, 
it's just one of those things that happens. So I was like, yeah. okay, this is what happens after you have kids. And the more I started talking to people, they're like, no, I don't pee in my driveway after I take my dogs for a walk. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I can't hold it. Like I can't yeah. hold it. And that, yeah. So, so that's, that's a whole, they're, they're like, oh, there she goes talking about the pee again. It always yeah. seems to come it's okay. back it's, to pee. Even on, I mean, on the trip, like I um, actually brought a pee funnel with me yes. so I could pee standing up. It was amazing. I was like, oh. Gosh, this is like this was like the best 1999 I've ever spent because you know <laughs> taking off all the gear to have to go to the bathroom. I was like, ooh, this was brilliant. So. My my sister has sent me one of those, so I love yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the things um, we get excited about. I know, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so you did that, and then it was like, okay, I checked that off. Now, would you ever do it again? Oh, I would 100% do it again. Actually, the group that I went with, we kind of talked about, do we want to do we want to do it again? Obviously, I'm in COVID shape right now, so I really would have to work twice as hard to get back to six (laughs) year ago shape. But yeah, I would definitely I would definitely do it again because it was such a powerful experience. But what I would say is there are lots of mountains out there. So if you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm probably going to do something different just so I can see different different parts of the world. And we'll see what we'll see what happens. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, that's, I love, I love that. And so, um, now did you do any other, like after Kilimanjaro, did you do any smaller mountains or was it like Kilimanjaro and then you were done? I did Kilimanjaro. And then actually when I got back from Kilimanjaro, my daughter's like, you should at least do Everest base camp. Maybe not Everest, Everest base camp. And then that was the year where they had the earthquake that, and, and so she was like, wait, no, you're not, you're not going. (laughs) Like you still have to raise six kids. So no. Right, maybe right. maybe let's stay off of mountains for a bit. <laughs> right. No, I understand that. Okay. So I'm going to take the listeners back. So you d- you obviously have a drive to succeed, but you also like to try new things, right? You're, you're someone that likes new things. I always say to my listeners, like I am someone that does not like boredom and sometimes that drives it, which is a good thing. Sometimes it can be where I'm sitting in something, but I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit antsy in this, but I'm not someone that gives up. So even if I'm bored... I'm not like, oh, I'm on to the next thing. Oh, I'm on to the next thing. I don't do that. But if something has an expiration date, I will acknowledge that. Okay, you know what? I, I gave five years of my life to that. That was wonderful. And that was that chapter. And now I'm on to the next thing. But if I get a little antsy in something, I will figure out how to kind of turn it up and change it up to kind of continue. And that's what like I started my coaching career as a virtual health and fitness coach. And there was a period where I was like, okay, this is not filling my cup the same way as it was. And I started it, it really was my own journey. I first was like, oh, I love this. And then I started coaching people because people kept coming to me like, okay, how did you get in such great shape in short time? Like, what did you do? And then I realized I love coaching. I love coaching. I love helping people. But then there was a period of time where I was like, okay, you know what? This is not filling my cup as much as it was. What can I do there? Then I started the podcast. So I was like, okay, that's going to help people in a different way. It's going to help people be inspired, laugh, you know, do all these different things. And then that's what took me into my workshop because I was like, you know what? I want to help people in an even a deeper way because I would have clients that would come that could not, they just could not break it. They're like, I just can't do it. I'm not motivated to get out of bed. I'm not. And it really was, they just weren't motivated in life. They weren't motivated in life. And so that's where I started doing my public speaking and talking to people and having the workshop to help people figure out you're not tapping into your creative passion. You're not tapping into something that makes you excited. And I can give you the tools to do that. So can you now take us like to after you you wrote the book, where were you on your next journey? So right now, we'll see. Um, you know, the book came out in October and really the focus is sharing my messages, being able to get on more stages. I'm working with, on a course right now that um, 
I'm, I'm actually taking a class, a public speaking class to really work on a big keynote. So that's what I'm in the middle of right now. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, again, constant learning. Like I, and I agree, like I, I've changed my mind lots of times in my life, but I always finished it through. I always, and I say that to my kids, if they say, I want to try this sport, great, but you're going to do it for the season. You know? Oh my God, I do the same exact thing. I'm like, there's no quitting. And then there's, yeah. you know what I also say? Cause my, one of my children right now is at a, a crossroads. He's played a sport for his entire life. He's really talented, but he's not finding the passion anymore. And it's been now for a couple years. And so my husband and I are like, okay, you know what, if you want, and he's like, I can quit. And we're like, you're not quitting. Like you're retiring. You have done this for so long and you're so good at it, but we can see how your play has changed because you don't love it the same way. And he's like, he actually says, he's like, I really don't. And I, I, I really, really don't like it's, there's many different factors. The reason why he doesn't, but it's just, it's not the same kid that played, you know, for all his years. And so I say the same exact thing. And I think what you just hit, like, that's what I want you guys to listen to you're listening to it. You can change things, but never just quit because you're like, Oh, I'm just going to quit. Cause that's not the way that you want to live life. And I, and I don't think you feel good about yourself when you just quit something. I think totally. you, you follow it through and then you feel that sense of accomplishment and hey, now I can move on to something and see if I'm passionate about the next thing. And that's kind of how I got to where I am now is that I did try all these different things and I wasn't passionate about them. And this is what I'm passionate about. And it took me a long time and that's okay. I totally. say that to my kids all the time. Like we're, we're asking you at 18 years old to, to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Like, so crazy. Okay, I didn't figure that out at 18 years old. So I'm not expecting you to. What I'm expecting you to do is pick something that you think you love right now, go through the motions and really try out all the different parts of it. And then, you know, when you graduate, if you you try a job and you don't love it, you you work through that period of time and then figure out what's next. And, and it's okay to change your mind. I mean, I say that all the time. <laughs> it is. And I think that's so important what you said. And I think it's really important for us to give our kids that space because we do the same thing because it's like, you know what? Society says you're supposed to go to high school, go to college, get married, have the 2.2 kids. And I never really followed that. You know, I mean, I kind of did that, but <laughs> it wasn't because that's what society told me. It's because that's what I wanted, right? So I think it is really important for our children to hear that because it's true. Like you went through stuff. Like I know when I became a mom, I stopped working in the corporate field because, and I was fortunate enough that I was able to do that, but I wanted to, I made that choice because I wanted to be all in as a mom. I knew that if I worked outside the house and was the mom and the wife, I would not have done those all well, but because I know myself really well. So that's what I always urge everyone to do is like, really, you got to look internally. You got to think about how you work best, but try everything. Like don't set yourself up for, oh, I don't want to try that because I'm going to fail because that's another thing. Like you don't feel good about that. Just try it. Failure is is how you grow, is how you learn, but it's also how you live. Like, you don't you feel a lot, like there's times when I was starting all of this, that like, you know, I had a big bump or failure or whatever. And it was like, Oh, that sucked. But okay. I learned from that. Now I'm moving on. And it it's, you have to do those kind of things. So like the fact that you never wrote a book, but you were like, I have something to share with people and I have stories. It's so cool that you were like, boom, I'm doing it. And then Kilimanjaro, you're like, okay, I have a plan. I'm doing it. And now doing this, taking the public speaking courses, cause that's what is firing. Like you realized, okay, you know, I went to school for all these different things, and I don't love them, but I know what I don't. And that's, I forget there was, um, 
was there an episode that I had recorded or it was something that I was talking to someone like you don't have to know what you want to do, but it's really also important to know what you don't want to do. Right. So like you could know what you don't want to do, but you don't know what you want to do, but you definitely know what you don't want to do. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And you know, going back to the mistakes and failures part. So even after my book was published, I mean, I had, I had it editing, I had everything checked. And even after it was published and my husband read it, he didn't catch it. So I'm a friend of mine, she's reading the book and she's like, was it supposed to say this? And I was like, what? And she sends me a a photo of, of the page. And it said, um, instead of saying, turning lemons into lemonade it said turning lemonade into lemons and so i read it and instantly like my heart <laughs> sank and then i said well didn't you know that's my superpower i can turn lemonade back into lemons <laughs> and she started laughing and i was like you know what you got to own it like there are things right. happen like okay i'll go back and fix it it's all fixable go back and fix it and move forward but right. um so anybody who saw that she's the only person that reached out to me with the first copy and said that um with however many people read it, which was really funny. So I do think though, people, when they read, they just assume you like, so they don't actually read those words, but they, they know that phrase. So they just assume it's that. Yeah. Your brain, your brain. So my, um, my 17 year old is dyslexic as well. And so he, it's fascinating when we read together. So the way your brain works, I mean, he would read the word sofa and he'd say couch. Right. And I'm like, it's amazing how like your brain figures out, okay, wait, this is what it's talking about. It might not, might not be the exact word, but I get the messaging. So yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. My oldest is dyslexic as well. So yeah, we, and my dad and my sister are a bunch of dyslexics, but yeah, it's, it's one of those <laughs> things that it is, it's really fascinating to how the brain works and what the brain sees and how it's interpreted and everyone interprets things different. And that's the other kind of really cool thing. And that's why I love when you said, I'm taking you back to the book, how you were like, no, this is how I interpreted it. So I don't want to have anything kind of clouded because even with my podcast, sometimes my mom will call me and be like, no, that's wrong. And I was like, no, mom, that's not <laughs> wrong. It's how I remember it. And it's how I interpret it. And then my siblings will be like, no, I remember how Juliet remembers. And my mom's like, oh, I, you know, <laughs> that's not how yeah. it went. That's part of a big family, right? Like there's, you know, I mean, in our house, eight people, eight different perspectives. And and then the dogs jump in the picture. So, you know, <laughs> you never know what you're going to hear or see. Yes, totally. All right. Well, Simone, thank you so much for jumping on and sharing your story. And I know that you've inspired people and, and just, you know, your adoption, your Kilimanjaro, like the, the book, and now your public seeking um, career is just a really exciting. And I can't wait to keep watching and following you. So, can you share with everyone where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me. My website is the easiest place, simonecanego.com. Again, K-N-E-G-O. And then uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, author Simone Canego. And again, I'm really, as of right now, until someone names their kid after me, I'm the only one in the world. So you'll be able to find me. If you want to, you can find me. Simone, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, if you liked what you hear, you know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, send to your friends. Definitely check out Simone. And um, if you have any questions, you know, email her. Uh, she can take you through that adoption process. She did it three times. And so that is something that's um, pretty amazing. You can also ask her about, okay, I want to climb Kilimanjaro. What do I do? Or how do I start a book? There's so many different things. So definitely reach out to her and give her a follow. And then you guys know, don't forget to come back next week because there'll be two other people that we will be talking about how they followed a passion and um, are just inspiring people. So we'll see you guys next week. 
I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 